Good morning. My name is Stacy Lanier. I'm a part of the Independence Community Group, and uh, those those songs got me. Um, I won't uh, add any more to the service, but I lost a dear friend this week, and that first song said, the best is yet to come, and she always said that, and she's got it now. So that got me. (laughs) Uh, So forgive me. Um, The scripture this morning is Joshua 1, 1 through 9, in the New Living Translation. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Last week I was, um, I don't know where my head was, um, but... I forgot to mention, I'm Howard Brown, the pastor at Christ Central Church, by the way. I know I've been gone for six months, and I haven't seen some people in a year and a half, believe it or not, because of COVID and the rest of the stuff. Um, and uh, last year, I, I mean, last week, I was remiss in mentioning um, and giving acknowledgement for the Charlotte Justice Conference that happened um, last week and led by our very own um, uh, Nicodemuses. Uh, led that, and uh, uh, I was unable to go in person. I had people from out of town, and there's all kind of things going on, but I was able to see it online, and you can too if you go to YouTube and pull up the Charlotte Justice Conference. It is a conference that our church is a it would is a major sponsor of, um, and but I was able to see it online and. The main speaker, Dr. Shaniqua Walker Barnes, um, spoke 
I would say, an important word, in particular, on the complex intersectionality of things for women of color in white spaces. Now, the general thought, I'm going to pull back a little bit. That was really close focus. Um, but in a general thought, those who work with people in people groups that are oppressed and just kind of the emotional labor and uh, emotional um, exhaustion that comes from working as a, a, I'm going to go ahead and say, a person, a, a, a less represented, a minority, as somebody may call them, in spaces where they get pressure individually and they feel the pressure of the people they're leading. And so her call was to rest, right? to seek God's grace. And I want to say this, when you start hearing speakers like um, uh, Dr. Barnes, uh, Walker Barnes, excuse me, um, and she talks about these particular areas of stress for certain people, it is something as a multi-ethnic church we need to grow from. Because immediately we want to say, why is she just focusing on black women, right? We all suffer it, right? That's just creating division in the body of Christ. But if you listen to the word of God, right, not what you think and what you feel, but what the word of God says in, about the body of Christ in the first century church was very diverse. And it said this, the part of the body that gets the least, among, least amount of attention and is hurting the most must now, be get, must now get the most attention and get the most focus so that the body can become more unified, not less unified. Now, I didn't come up here to speak on all these issues and, you know, we shouldn't focus on this and we shouldn't be using words like intersectionality and we shouldn't be talking about critical race theory. Well, I want you to look beyond the buzzwords. And I want you to see, is there a group of people within our churches that are marginalized or feeling like they're not a part. And so guess what? In order to create unity, we must focus on that group. Look around the room. Who's least? Where should the focus be? Right? I say this because I think today um, we have some, a whole group of guests, but I, I, I want to honor um, Real quick, um, with that in mind, um, our ministry wives, um, we have some extra ones here today, but uh, uh, Len Kim, um, over here, Len, you, you don't have to stand. I know y'all don't want to because that ain't what y'all necessarily do. Um, uh, Pastor Josh's wife, Dari Crawford, Pastor Crawford's wife. Charlotte McKnight is here, Pastor Charles's wife. Um, Janelle Chavis is joining us today. She is the wife of the campus minister for RUF at Howard University. She is here today. And I think there might be one more pastor's wife here today, Kelly Brown. <laughs> I want you to notice what God's done. Women of color in a predominantly white space, in a predominantly white denomination. The suffering. The struggle, y'all don't know. And that's not me making a, like trying to create divisiveness or make them the queens that they already are. I'm just saying. 
I got an email this week. I mean, Lynn said, shared some stuff that's going on at her job. You know, every Asian person that, that you hang with is obviously your sister now. Is that your sister? Right? What's up with that, y'all? Just want to throw that out there. Dang, that ain't even a sermon. Pastor Brown, he always messing with us. But I want you to go back and look at the Charlotte Justice Conference and hear that um, and, and kind of see that. But I want you to know who's among you and who's holding it down, right, um, for these pastors and for their families in spaces where we don't ordain women, like our denomination, the larger denomination we're part of, don't have leadership positions for women up to a certain level. That's tough, right? That's hard. So I just want to throw that out there when you start to think about that. Okay, this sermon is about prayer. (laughs) So we're going to continue. And for some of y'all, I wish he would just get back to the gospel, right? I just gave y'all a gospel. Did you miss it? Did you miss it? Now, I'm just not a preacher. I'm a pastor, right? Ain't that what y'all want? Y'all want a structure from God's word? You want application of real life stuff? Here you go. This is where the rubber hits the road. I want to be in a multi-ethnic church. Here you go. I even want to be in one led by a black man. Here you go. That's what you get. If you want to go to a safe church, there's plenty. Plenty. With pastors that just make everybody feel good and not talk about the hard issues. I'm not that one. Okay, moving on. It's just this Sunday for me. But we continue to the gospel, nice and sweet and good, in our broken prayer journey. And I promise you that after a couple of weeks of delving more into the hardships of prayer, like we have the first couple of sermons, um, that we would begin to look at some tools, right, for prayer. Some God-given helps in our prayer journey. And today we will see how the Bible plays a role in this spiritual journey between us and the Lord. Now, the technical term for what we will explore today is called, and I've been practicing this word all week, and I'm probably going to say it wrong. It's a Latin word. My mouth, you know, my low country Charleston mouth is not used to saying it. It's Lectio Divina, as in the way you say election, right? Lectio Divina. It's a Latin phrase that means divine reading. Lectio Divina is a traditional monastic practice, right, of Spiritual reading, meditation, and prayer intended to promote communion with God and to increase the knowledge of God's word. It has been more commonplace, to be honest with you, among Roman Catholics and Anglicans and Lutheran, Lutherans, but with the rising popularity of what some of you may have heard called spiritual formation, now it's become popular and has a revival among regular old evangelical Christians, right? But I am willing to bet some of you Christians out there, whoever you are, the Christians in the room, were doing this all along and didn't know it had an old school Latin name or historical practice. You were just doing some deep Bible study. You were just doing what the campus minister told you, right? Or, or you were just doing your, some of you are old enough to remember the sword studies, right? Or whatever, the sword exercise where you memorize scripture, right? But you may have been engaging in some degree in that fancy thing, Lectio Divina, right? It's part of your regular prayer time with the Lord. 
See, Lectio Divina is built upon the premise that there, this is so incredible, that there is already a conversation going on, right? There is already a divine communication, a God talk, a divine whispering going on towards us, aimed at us, calling us, speaking out to us before we even got there. And through Lectio Divina, we are answering and joining and connecting and swimming in that divine flow that isn't just out there in the air in some kind of God G network, but right here in these hardwired words of the Bible. You ever had somebody, everybody has, but you, dial you, and you can kind of hear the conversation going on on the other end. I'm like, what's going on? I hear this noise. God is dialed in to the human condition. And his voice, right, has been going out and speaking to us. Though faintly to most of us, most of the time, it is right here, right there. Which brings us to three things we will get into today from our passage. First, we must make space for God's word to be part of our spiritual prayer journey. Secondly, we must make space for God's word to speak to us. And finally, we must make space for God's word to touch us. And as you can tell from those points central to them all, is that we must make what? Space, time, and place in our lives to enter and engage in this stuff. Not just a calendar, but making space and time in our very posture and in our mind. We have to, have to open our bodies and lives, and we must give ourselves to it. Do you know this was one of the main and central points of going on a sabbatical for six months? is learning, like, like taking time away from professional ministry, right? From professional praying for you and actually taking time away from that routine, from the schedule, from, uh-oh, from the things I normally do. Gosh, I be swinging around up here. Y'all kind of got it close on me. Y'all wouldn't put it close to James Brown. Anyway, so, <laughs> but, but Pulling away and actually being able to give it to, give time to it. Now, last week, we saw how our spiritual journey can be filled with all kind of hang-ups and pitfalls, right? And that prayer itself, which is ironic, can irritate and bring to the surface already sticky situations within and outside of us. So prayer, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys this, apart from the Lord leading us and giving us instructions by his spirit, it is an almost impossible task. Let me say, an impossible spiritual life and journey if we don't first make time and space for God's word in our lives. So when we look at this passage, I mean, and some of you don't know the background of this passage, uh, but Joshua is fresh off the death of the greatest leader in Israel up to that point. Moses has died. That's Charlton Heston, y'all, right? Y'all too old for, y'all too young for that. He, he, he's not ethnically right, but that's okay. I know we now dealing with y'all millennials and now everybody got to be the right color. Why can't Elizabeth Taylor be Nefertiti, huh? Okay, moving on. 
Never did he have blue eyes. Okay, moving on. Well, y'all don't know him. Y'all don't know Sean, uh, Charleston Heston. Oh, y'all too old. Let's say when Sean Connery gave up 007 to Roger Moore. Nope, too, too, too young. Oh, you, you got it, Derek? See, see, Roger Moore was my 007. And so when they had Dalton and the rest of them, you know how, yeah, okay, gosh, I am so off today. I'm loose today. I'm sorry, y'all. But don't y'all notice how physical 007 has become? Like in the past, 007 didn't have any muscles. He just had a really nice suit. You remember that? And he was smart and things would work for him, right? But now 007 knows Kung Fu. He, he's a ninja. Okay, moving on. But the best Batman, okay, y'all got this, Christian Bale has been replaced to finish the series with uh, maybe some skinny British dude, right? He's wiry and well-trained in acting, but he ain't got that acting weight of Christian Bale, right? Or could you imagine, worst of all, them trying to replace Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther? Wesley Snipes? No, no, it ain't gonna work. Denzel too old, you know, he can't do it. Now, we got to see that, or maybe we don't want to see it. But this is Joshua's situation. He is entering the greatest role ever in Bible history so far. And the Lord is like, you, yes, you, Joshua, you're going to take the promised land that Moses couldn't take. And you're going to go with what? A bunch of former slaves. And y'all going to go over and take the occupied land without the latest weapons, without any war strategy to journey, right? To, to take a walk over the wild west side as an east side crew over rivers and through valleys and having to do with big city, big people. And the Lord does not look at the scripture when you read it through again. He does not give Joshua a strategic settlement plan. At this point, he calls him. After showing him this huge task to do what? Hear and follow and pay attention to my word, to the scripture. Look at what he says to Joshua in verse 6. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. You're going to get this role I would, that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. He says, do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Look what else the next thing. Study the book of instruction, right? continually meditate on it day and night as you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, only then, only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. The Lord is saying, Joshua, you must read, you must remember what I have said. And that, get this, you must meditate and he says, not turn to the left or right from what I've said. In other words, you must focus on this. You must know it. You must remember it and remind your, 
yourself in active, constant interaction with my written and remembered words and promises to you and Moses and God's people, then you will be successful and have courage when things seem hard and impossible and dark and like we said from last week, muddy and too big and too difficult. My direction, my voice, my instruction will lead and hold you to it and through it and in it and you'll get over it, right? Because first you were here for my word. The application for our prayer lives is this. You and I cannot, let me go ahead and put the will, will not sustain or maintain a prayer life or spiritual life without taking time, right? It's a clear application. By stepping away from what we think we see and think we hear and guessing stuff that will, you know, stuff that will scare and discourage and motivate us to harmful panic about this world and our lives, to, to sort of step away, if you will, from our regular world and make time and space in our lives to actually remember and hear and listen to what the Lord is saying for and in our prayer journey. I mean, Joshua is a warrior, y'all. This was counterintuitive for him, right? He was a big executive. He was doing the seven effective habits, right? He was going in. He was, you know, looking to win by, Lord, show me what arrows to use. Show me what swords to use. Show me which, which formation to use. And he had to leave the strategy tent. And God is saying, spend time reading and focusing on me through my word. Do you know the one way not to be elected again? Is to say we got economic issues, we got war issues, we got immigration issues, we got all kind of issues. And the president say, hey, let's have a Bible study. Right? I wouldn't vote for that guy again. Right? We spent all night in Bible study. We ready to go. Tackle the problems in the country. This is what Joshua was being told to do. Spend time and focusing on me through my word. It says day and night here, right? Which means in good times and bad times that you and I must take time. For some of y'all, you have to form a routine of some sort. A place, maybe at the kitchen table. Maybe you need coffee or, or, or a plate, right? Or, or, or a yoga pose or a good cigar. I don't know. But maybe some of y'all have time at your desk in the morning or, or via listening to the Bible in the car or back to the days of appointment TV. Y'all know what appointment TV is? It comes on, you don't get to see it again. Y'all don't know what that is. If you miss Dukes of Hazard at 8 on Friday night and Incredible Hulk at 8.30, yes, we actually had 30-minute shows. Okay, 30-minute action shows. Right? You couldn't go back and watch it. I was alive before there was VCR, right? Hey, you saw Dukes of Hazzard? Nah, I missed it. Too bad. They jumped two cars, right? But the point is, you and I must find a way to get it in and get God's word in us. It doesn't happen all the time. I'm not taking away the mystic element. It doesn't happen all the time through osmosis. But my point, it will take time and it will take space. I'm not going to lie to you about this. When I was on my sabbatical and it was prayer time, I actually... 
actually had to get up out of the bed. Right? I had to go to a space. Dr. Peacock said to me, you need to go to your office in the house. I don't have no office. You don't have no space? She asked me this, where do you pray? Where do you go? How do you get away? Some of y'all, it's the back porch, right? Some of you, it's the corner of Starbucks. I don't know. I had to turn the closet in the guest room to an office like many of you had during the pandemic period, right? And I had picked, now, I, you know, because we're going to talk about Vizio Divina, but, you know, above my little desk, which is basically the shelf of a, you know, those um, kitchen aid, not kitchen aid, closet made, you know, the shelf. I put a piece of wood on it. That's the desk, right? And then I put pictures I printed off offline and I got them up in a little square. It's a picture of a man hugging his son coming back, a picture of a mom holding the baby, a picture of two brothers crying and holding each other, a picture of, you know, little the black art pictures. With, with the naked man and the naked woman, but you don't see the bottom. And it's hugging each other, the black people. Yeah, okay, sorry. Must be just a personal ethnic thing. Everybody got the black and white, black, and, it, 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 black man and woman statue in the house. Your parents didn't? Okay. All intertwined. Oh, God. I'm 50. Okay, so moving on. You have to find a space. You might have to ask your significant other or close friend to help you by watching the kids. Or, worse, you might have to get somebody to take your phone away. You know, well, you know, some of y'all thinking, that's how I do the Bible. It's time to go old school. It's time to go old school. Get one of these old dinosaurs right here. Right? I like having my Bible, and, and I know I'm not really preaching up, y'all, like that prophetic kind of sermon. It's more instructive, like you're at a Bible study or some Wednesday night. That's what you're getting right now, okay? So this is called the Bible, right? <laughs> For you next generation, next level technical people, right? And the reason I recommend this, like it's not any holier, right? It's just a book. And yes, it's kind of different because it's in a leather bag. So when you go in the store or the coffee shop with one of these, everybody knows what it is. Well, in Charlotte, everybody knows what it is. That's the thing the pastor uses. Um, but yeah, and they have leather and they got the soft ones and they got the hard ones. They got all kinds, right? The reason I'm recommending for some of you to get this is most of us can't be on our phone and not check how poorly Clemson is doing this year, right? You can't check. You can't look. I was up praying the other day. I was looking at the scripture, reading it on my phone or on my little iPad, and I was checking. I was like, God, God we're going to get it in. What you got to say today? And I started getting into it, and the next thing you know, I'm on ESPN. It was seamless. It was a seamless track. You know, I'm checking CNN. I'm checking this. I'm checking. I'm going between Fox and MSNBC just to see because I like confusion. Just to see what do they put as their top story? Oh, what do they put? And I'm going back and forth. I'm supposed to be praying. Right? Don't get me on, 
on, what's the thing called on Instagram? Reels. Oh my, I've gotten so many good recipes on reels and I got a whole lot of other stuff through reels too, right? Kind of, okay, anyway, we're not getting into this. So I recommend y'all get one of these. If you can't afford one, one will be provided for you, right? By us. We will, Derek, we'll hurt the budget to get this if people line up for this, Right? You may not get the, the professional one like I got, like the real cowhide leather, because I use this for work, right? <laughs> like, like, I went to, to Brad's house, the guy up here who, who is a contractor, like, professionally, and I looked at his tools. He got all the DeWalt stuff. Like, my battery run down after screwing one screw in. He, he got professional tools, but they got all kinds. You can get the fake leather. Works great. Okay, I'm, I'm taking too much time. You need to get the non-digital Bible so you won't be interrupted by banners and alerts. And like Joshua, there are a whole lot of people and things to do. There's a whole lot of people and things going on that just need to get done. You got mouths to feed, right? And emotions to take care of. But ironically, the things that may be competing for your prayer and reading time with God are actually dependent on your prayer and reading time with God. Now, I didn't say how long or often. I'm not getting into that. But you know what I realized? You need the amount of time based on the difficulty of struggle and the depth and kind of need for your emotional, mental, and spiritual strength and courage. What you up against? What's up against you? What's in here? How much time do you need? Right? How much time can you give? Like some of us just can't go an hour. But some of us can get it in real good in like 15 or 20 minutes. When D was looking fit, D, you were on the way to look like the Batman rubber suit. I saw you, bro. I'm like, D, what you doing? What'd you say, 20 minutes a day or something? 10 or 20 real quick? I'm like, how'd that brother do that? That's what it took for him. Now, some of us, we need 30, 40 minutes, right? Because we're going to take 10 minutes to get our playlist right. So you, <laughs> you know, I can't work out if I show up and I got my phone. Uh-uh, I need my Rocky music. But go on, like. But it depends. And so time varies. And sometimes time, it gets good. Sometimes, and so I don't want to put a time, but you must have some focused space for Scripture to speak to us. Look again at 7 and 8. I'm going to start speeding it up a little bit so we don't go too long. But it says here that um, in, in, in verse 7, yeah, get one that you can read. The words ain't too small. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey. I mean, Jason back there got, got the celebrity lights on, like the celebrity church. I look good, don't I? Okay, but I got to turn the thing like this. Okay. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in all you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. God is telling Joshua in no uncertain terms, obey the word. Do what it says. Don't forget it. 
Don't deviate. Man, this is one of these hard sermons. Can't we get back to the feelings in a minute? Don't deviate. Focus on my word. And all you do, meditate, straight study this stuff. You know what the word in Hebrew for study is? Study. It means ingest my words. Read them. Take them into your mouth, mind, and heart. Now, this seems pretty straightforward, but I must still say, have some contact with the actual words, right? Have some contact with the phrases and passages, what we like to call pericopes, right? Don't just scroll up before you read the whole story idea, either listening or reading. And this is not a theological sermon on the Word of God, but how can you take courage in your spiritual life, one that is filled with obstacles and mistakes and histories that we are prone to make a mud pit out of when you and I don't know what God God has said concerning those things. Most believers, and I'm one of them, I ain't free from it. We basically live life hearing cool statements from our pastors. You know what pastor so-and-so said? He said, blah, 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 blah. Great. But you have no, but that's all you're living on. You have no idea what the actual word of God says in the context in which it's said. You reading books, y'all love books, y'all love blogs, y'all love whatever communication they got out there. But And of course, I think preaching, I'm doing it, is great. Talks, wherever, whatever you like to call it. He had a great talk today, right? Good for spiritual growth and direction. Scripture says we need to have it. That's why we do it. This is how Joshua's going to lead his people. He's going to actually preach to them. We are, you know, we, we all are looking for that fuzzy and loving feeling and experience, but that feeling, that emotional and spiritual good nirvana and centering and peace you all want and the world's talking about, we got it. Not, can't, not only can't happen the way it should, but it is not a substitute for rubbing up, cozying up, warming up, heating up right next to the fire of God's word yourself seeing it, right? It's why when I read and when I, when I read and we read scripture before I preach, right? And then when I preach, I take you back to the passage. You hear me do it every time. There is a method to the madness, y'all. So again, I'm being instructive here today. So here's how preaching works for me. I'm gonna tell you how it works. I go in, I look at the scripture, I let the scripture tell you what it is, tell me what it's saying. I come up with some applications, some ways, illustrations for y'all to kind of see it. Sometimes I come up with crazy ways to keep y'all awake, right? You know, I, I go off script, all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing, I will make a point. God says, blah, blah, blah. Look at verse seven, right? Josh does it too. Pastor Derek did it too. Most of the preachers who preach here do it too. We say the point we take your eyes and ears to the word because that's the thing that actually changes, like makes the difference in your life. But you know, most times, and I, I'm not trying to say we superior. We ain't superior. Sometimes I talk too much and don't do enough word stuff. I do it. But right now in some churches, y'all, you never hear the word. You hear about it. 
It is almost like we've gone backwards. Before the printing press, right, only the pastor read the Latin and all, the Latin Vulgate, and the people had to wait. Look what God has done. You all can actually see it and hear it. And thank goodness, I know. I mean, I grew up in South Carolina. We always jockeying for 46th or 47th in public schools. But look, it's sort of, at the same time, most of us can read. And all of, most of us, I can't say all, can hear it. Praise God. Right? And sometimes it bothers me. I'm trying to preach something. <laughs> Y'all, this is how it happens. I'm studying the Word of God, and I got an idea in my mind. And I'm like, yeah, I know what God's going to say. And then there's a few sentences that disagree with what I'm thinking. I'm like, dang, what should I do? It's the word of God. I can't do anything but tell you what it says. Right? But this would feel good if I could tell them that your destiny awaits you now. All you have to do is step out and God's going to bless you. And you're going to be prosperous. I could tell you that. Because if I could twist it up. Anyway, moving on. You know, um, it's your birthright as believers to have it and hear it, and I won't keep it from you. You need it for all you are and all you're called to do. I remember, as I, and I told somebody this the other day, I was at football practice as a kid. You know, after practice, the coach is, a talk, coach is talking to you. And you know what I was doing? Talking to somebody else. And the coach looks at me and says, son, and everybody looks at me too. Son, why are you talking while I'm talking? Are you talking while I'm talking? And you know, you don't answer. You just look around. You want me to come over there and push you down? <laughs> That's coach, right? God wants to know, why are you always talking when he's talking? And you ain't talking about nothing got to do with the game. You're just talking. We're just talking and listening. Because we are always talking and thinking and meditating on problems and issues without hearing what the Lord is actually saying. I know the Bible is intimidating, funny, that people say, man, I don't know where to start, Pastor Brown. Look, 66 books and all this stuff in it. Pastor Brown, come on, man. Have you ever seen an iPhone these days? How many apps you got on your phone? Hundreds, some of y'all. You know where every one of them is. And you know what each one does. You even know what to do when that thing gets stuck. Hold a button, reload. You know how to do it. You know why? Because you spent time doing it. Now you can't live without it. I have to ask my boys. Boys, how does this work? Right? I don't know. I've got to watch Kelly got it free somehow through something. And she goes, you want one? Yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I already don't know what to do with all the apps. Look how little the apps are on this phone, right? Code, okay. It, Greg, ah, right? And then you turn it and it's got this weird fisheye thing. Like, I'm just saying, apps change every day. 
this ain't changed in thousands of years. Now, we will have to help others help us. Like if you go to, if you want to learn yoga, you get a yoga instructor. You need to kind of be taught how to read it, right? You know, you can't have a prayer life alone and how to learn how to do it. We'll talk about that in a few further sermons. But point is, if God's word is going to be what it is, a necessary part of your spiritual broken prayer journey, we must ingest it so we can digest it. There are a couple of words here. I'm going to move quickly. Don't deviate, it says, or turn to the right or the left. And then the words here say, study continually. And study meaning means, guess what? Chew the cud, right? It means to go over and over. It means to imagine, to muse on it. Instead of you washing over it, let it spin all around in your mind. From Dr. Peacock's book, Soul Care and African American Practice, her chapter on Lectio Divina says this, your desire is that God's word will touch you at the depth you have not experienced. She says this is as we ingest it, revere God's holy scriptures, slow down. And listen in silence as you anticipate experiencing the awesomeness of his holy voice. Pray that God will speak to you in a way different from any reading encounter in the past. And there are different ways to ingest and digest. Again, for heady types like me, you can go get a lexicon. That's lex, y'all see that word? That's word again. It pulls out the original meanings. And you can, oh, what does this mean in Hebrew? And what this means in Greek? And all this. But what it does is it slows you down. And lets you dig in. My mom used to have these commentaries. All these Bible tools. But you know one thing about her? It wasn't for knowledge. She was more on the charismatic side of things. Right? It wasn't for intellectual use. The intellectual piece for her was simply like an usher. Like a GPS taking her into that space, into the room, into the auditorium where she could hear and experience God's voice. So this is not about Bible study, but effectual Bible study that is digested by your mind and your soul. Study and meditate have an interesting twist to them. It means to utter, not mutter, like murmur, to to chant. Kind of like you see in Eastern mysticism when they chant a word. And all this time you thought that uh, Eastern uh, mysticism, Eastern stuff was off limits when it is right here that we chant. We say the lines of God's word over and over in our minds and with our words. Sometimes in our reading, I can't, my mind is making me think other things. And I have to actually say it out loud in my prayer time. I have to read it. I, I got to gotta read it. And you know how many times I read sometimes? I have to read it like five or six times. Right? There's so much mess. I, and I'm like reading. Okay, I got to say it out loud. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I get, and it's go over and over and over. Turn it over in your minds and hearts. You know, I love this tahini lemon dressing that I've discovered. Like, I eat salad just to get that dressing, right? You ever have something where you just eat the thing to get the thing, to get the sauce? But the ingredients are not super great, or they're bitter or wanting without going into the blender. And neither is your journey or your prayer life. 
you have to kind of bring all you have and are and put them into the base, the premix of God's word, and let it churn. Right? Let it churn on its own, and out comes a touch from God. The lights turn on. I start to think, here come our kids, I start to think about 2020 and forward. And I think about the church and politics and race issues and how we handled them. And how we were carried away by Christian slogans, political and social influencers, theories, arguments, nationalism, history. But I could tell we didn't have any Lectio Divina going on in our lives. We were just going on what we thought we should do. Instead of praying that God would speak to us. I've used this illustration many times. I'm going to use it again. Apparently there was a concentration camp and they only had like a piece of Bible and it was a dark jail and only one part of the day the sun would come through a little crack in the ceiling and they would take one guy and they would lift that one guy up and he would put that scripture right in the light right and he would read it and they would bring him back to the darkness and they would say friend tell us what God said to you while you were in the light. Do you know that's what the word is that world is asking? Not what you think. Tell me, believers, for all the issues going in the world, what did God tell you while you were in the light? What has God told you while you were in the light? What are you saying to your world? What are you saying to yourself about your world? This is the call to meditate. Let me say these last two scriptures here. In verse 5 it says this. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as Moses was with you. I will not fall, fail you or abandon you. And in verse 9 it says this. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In sacred prayer and reading, God comes. Y'all hear that? Wherever we are and may go, and, and that is promised, that is given, whether we are, he, he never leaves or forsakes us. But to say to Joshua that Joshua will succeed means that he will not just win in life at his job or conquer the land. Those are side effects. That's the high yield interest. The friends benefit of what, it, what is being offered here and being successful. The success here is knowing and experiencing God in the most intimate and powerful way kind of success that God is going to show up and spend time with you. And you are going to have the ability to spend time with him.
to have him touch you. To, to, to be next to God, to feel close to him, to experience his Holy Spirit in a sacred place in space. The Bible tells us the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. That Jesus is the word of God. Did you know that Joshua means Jesus? <laughs> Yeshua. That means Jesus is the word of God. He's the very will, promise, communication, desire, spoken love of God. Become really and physically present and successful in and for our world and prayer lives. Jesus is God's Lectio Divina. And as those who would come to him in faith, you have and get what he conquered for you in your prayer times. An intimate son and daughter to father relationship, spirit of God experience, regardless of your challenges and failures. That the power of Lectio Divina, that Jesus was very strong and courageous for those of us who aren't. That he did not deviate from left or right from God's word for those who do. That he studied for those of us who would rather live in the bliss of ignorance and chance. And he meditated and continues to mediate before God for us, for those whose minds and hearts are busied and afraid or bruised. It's only because of Jesus and because Jesus made the divine space for broken people on a broken journey that we can hear from God in Scripture and have God speak to us and have God touch us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your instruction. Lord, so many of us don't know the place of Scripture in the life of the believer. We didn't know. Okay, we should be incorporating the Word of God in our prayer lives into when we pray. Yes. We should read. Yes. We should have a Bible. Yes. Lord, I pray that you would help us. We're so busy. <laughs> We're so technical. We got so many apps. We got so many banners. We got so many alerts. We got so busy, so many busy, so much busyness in our lives. Help us to creatively find ways to incorporate time to just whisper. To hear you whisper our names and, and speak to us through the word. Lord, those of, us, there are those of us who don't know where to begin, help us to seek out an elder, a woman shepherd, a deacon, a pastor that can help us. Lord, we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.